2: Going through the interview process with various teams, the Houston Texans were so proud to say that they had completed their interview with Sean Payne tonight that they put it on Twitter, for heaven's sakes. The Ravens, part of the team, stumping for Lamar Jackson, and there's this report going around that he was ill, and that's why he stayed home in Baltimore. I'm sorry. I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a second. I don't believe in coincidence and just conveniently getting sick when your team is in a playoff game. Furthermore, maybe it's just me. I don't care if I was sick. Make me wear a mask. Put me in some kind of an oxygen chamber. I don't care. I'm going to the playoff game. We'll talk about the Ravens and Mike McDaniel on Tua's future with the Dolphins. But speaking of futures, right now it's Tom Brady's that has come firmly into focus after the Cowboys eliminate the Buccaneers from the 2022 playoffs. We're not asking you if you think Tom Brady will play again. That's going to be a question that you'll hear people answering over and over and over ad nauseum. Why? Because it is a question. He's a free agent to be, and he has a decision to make. Plus, we know he did walk away last year briefly. But there's no way you and I can know what Tom Brady's going to do. That's up to Brady, and he may not even know at this point. But what I am asking you is whether or not you want to see him play again next season. So the poll is up on Twitter, a law radio also on our Facebook page after hours with Amy Lawrence. Don't be an ass by the way, you know, that your comments that are nasty get deleted. Also, Just because you don't like the Cowboys or you think they stink does not give you the right to call them Cowgirls. I also block people who post Cowgirls on my Facebook page. Why? Because they stink their girls? Think about how sexist that is. It's one of my pet peeves, by the way. All right. Mike McCarthy gets his first playoff win since 2016, and Dak Prescott, five total touchdowns. We'll get back to the Cowboys from from the Buccaneers' perspective. Certainly, this is... A disappointing season. I think their night was a microcosm of what their entire year has been. Should they blow it up and start over, Todd Bowles?
0: You never rebuild. You always reload. You know, you feel you got a chance to win every year. We just got to tweak some things from a schematic standpoint all, all the way around, offense, defense, and special teams. And obviously, no one ever comes back with every player on the team. So we'll have some new faces in here. That's just part of the game.
3: They played pretty good. You know, they played good defensively and put a lot of pressure on us and we just couldn't make enough plays. So it's kind of typical the way we played all year, just inefficient in the passing game and not very good in the run game. So, uh, you know, it's hard to be good teams like that.
2: Of course, the media did try to ask the question of whether or not Tom Brady would be playing next season in Tampa.
3: I'm going to go home and get a good night's sleep as good as I can tonight. and, And, uh... I'm not you know, this has been a lot of focus on, you know, this game, so yeah. It's just be one day at a time. He
2: doesn't have a timetable and he at this point wants to go home and get a good night's sleep. We already know from his podcast he doesn't sleep after losses, so that's out the window. Maybe we'll hear from him next week, next Monday, on his Let's Go podcast. It's gonna be A few days, though. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Again, Twitter, Facebook. Do you want to see Tom Brady play again? If you miss Mike McCarthy dancing with a gaudy chain, some bling, if you will, uh, that's also on our show Twitter. We're pleased to welcome TJ Reeves, fresh. I'm sure he's super fresh. Off the sidelines at Raymond James Stadium as part of the Buccaneers Radio Network. I know it's quick. But we want you to deliver the early eulogy on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the 2022 season now completely in the books. TJ, what are a couple words that come to mind with the the whole picture in focus?
4: How about frustrating and similar? I'll go with those two. It was a frustrating night and similar to what we've seen throughout 2022 and now into January of 2023. Where the Buccaneers offense, for whatever reasons plural, could not consistently put it together, drive after drive and game after game. Um, and and the bottom line is, when you play good teams, good teams do to you what the Dallas Cowboys did tonight. It's the same thing the 49ers did in December to this team. It's the same thing, to a large extent, that Joe Burrow and the and the uh, Bengals did in the second half of the game in Tampa when you play uh, poorly sustained on offense and limit yourself and don't score touchdowns against good teams that can score and will score, they're going to put 21, 24, 27 points on the board or in this case tonight, 31 points on the board and beat you. And so I would use those two words, frustrating to watch, but very similar to what we've seen for a lot of this season despite the fact that it ended up being a playoff year.
2: I'm glad you said that because about midway through the fourth quarter, I tweeted, this game is a microcosm of Tampa Bay's entire season. Not just the slow starts, but the fact that Tom Brady and his receivers, they would be in sync for stretches here or there, but very inconsistent. And also, once again, seeing the offensive line and the issues there, really feeling like that was the root of the problem because Brady has to get rid of the ball so quickly and because the run game just not sustainable. I mean, he once again throws for what felt like a hundred pass attempts in this game.
4: (laughs) And you summed it up very well with that tweet. If we had the answer on why did he not have a better connection this season to Mike Evans and, and why... Uh, was he not able to successfully throw the ball down the field the same way he was the last couple of years, we would have probably been able to sell it to the Buccaneers and make some serious money <laughs> off of it. Uh, so it was, it was frustrating all the way around. And, you know, and then there was one point there in the fourth quarter where you're looking up going 56 pass attempts, 58 pass attempts. And seriously, Amy, I'm standing there going, what is the NFL record in a playoff game for pass attempts and we suddenly look, and it's it's Drew Brees with 63 of them, and then Tom Brady in the epic comeback against the Falcons in the Super Bowl with 62 of them. And the Bucs get the onside kick, and now you're going to get one more record because he's going to go past My 63 gosh. attempts and eventually got to 66. It is incredible that I am talking to you in the aftermath of this game that a 45-year-old quarterback not only just played the playoff game but threw the ball 66 times in the game. Uh, and, and yet the Buccaneers struggled throughout much of the night to get anything going on offense uh, and just one more time to come back around the Dallas Cowboys are the story. I know, you know, this, mm. they took advantage of it and they beat the daylights out of the Buccaneers when it mattered in the second, third and early fourth quarter. And credit to Dak Prescott, credit to Mike McCarthy, Kellen Mora is the offensive coordinator. Their defense with Dan Quinn were tuned up and ready to go. They, they shut a lot of people up tonight with the way they played.
2: I know that it's been easier to focus on the Bucks' offense this season for its inefficiencies, and certainly it all rolls into one. When your defense is out there for longer stretches, they wear out, they get exhausted, it's asking too much. But in the first half against the Cowboys tonight, TJ, there were multiple plays, not just pass attempts, but even Dak's bootleg for the touchdown, where there's no defense to be found. What were the challenges or the issues that you saw with the D?
4: Well, and we've seen this at times this season, the San Francisco game in particular comes to mind. The Kansas City game, right after Hurricane Ian came to mind where you just you're not on the same page in the back end, the back seven of the defense, and there are people wide open or there's nobody accounting for the quarterback. It's plagued this team at times this year, but boy, it manifested itself at the wrong time tonight. And and Prescott deserves a tremendous amount of credit. A lot of pressure on him. And it wasn't just him running uh vertically down the field and making a play it was him keeping plays alive with his feet him being able to with uh you know play action and a bootleg keep a play alive look and find a receiver give him a lot of credit because he he did a masterful job in the second and third quarter of keeping plays alive and and throwing balls on a rope to open receivers and uh yeah you're right i mean there were there were times where you're going how is that guy that wide open you know the clinching touchdown to Ceedee Lamb, which uh, you know we could get into the comedy of the missed extra points. <laughs> they don't want to try a field goal uh, in that stage. They're they're up twenty four to six at that stage. They don't want to try a field goal, and they get a wide open play on a fourth down. And part of that, I've only seen the one replay, is they did a rub route. They got Ceedee Lamb free because his defender got caught up on the pick or the rub route. That's why he was that open. But you're right in your criticism. There were too many other times where, where receivers were open or Prescott's running to a side of the field where no one is. And, uh, again, that can't happen, especially in a playoff game, or else you're going home and the Bucks are going home.
2: T.J. Reeves is fresh off the sidelines after the Buccaneers fall in their home playoff game. Wild card weekend is in the books. Dallas Cowboys move on to battle the San Francisco 49ers. It's after hours on CBS Sports Radio. I have to ask, is – Todd Bowles completely safe as the head coach?
4: I never say never, and for this this reason. Uh, John Gruden lost the final four games of the 2008 season. Had he won any one of them, he wins the division, he makes the playoffs again. This is the Super Bowl-winning coach that brought the Glazer family their first Super Bowl championship, the Lombardi Trophy. And they took three weeks after that season to get completely away from everything, mm. come back and meet with John Gruden and then decided to fire him. So after something like that happens, and I know we're now 15 years on since that did happen, you can't say never on any of this. They fired a Super Bowl winning coach because they just felt like it's run its course and we need to make a change. So. I don't have a definitive answer for you. Yes, you made the playoffs, but you bowed out decisively tonight in round one, and it's up to the owners to decide is there's something better or not. If I were wagering, Todd Bowles has got a tremendous amount of experience uh, with with a veteran locker room. If I were wagering, I think he is back. Maybe there's some staff changes, and there's going to probably be some personnel changes that are going to be made as well.
2: Oh, yes, we definitely have to talk about changes because that, to me, feels like the story of the Bucs offseason, even though it's only a few hours old. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence and TJ Reeves from tonight's game in Tampa on the sidelines with the Buccaneer Radio Network. I'm not going to ask you to predict whether or not Tom Brady retires because that's not fair. But if he decides he wants to play again, do the Buccaneers want him to stay?
4: Absolutely. In a word, absolutely. They would want him back for a myriad of reasons. He still has the ability to throw the ball down the field and to make things happen. And you saw a couple of instances of that again tonight. You saw it in the Carolina game late in the season where the arm strength is still there. Sooner or later, you know this, Amy, it's going to run out. The father time catches up with you and it's going to run out. It's
1: going to run out at 65. I don't know if if it's
4: 65, (laughs) but I would have lost money that it, at 44 or 45, he would still be doing this with this kind of arm strength and this kind of stuff a couple of years ago. I still remember you interviewed me the night of the Super Bowl 55 win after it was all over in the yes. middle of the night. Yes, yes. And we talked, and I said anything from this point forward's a bonus if the guy keeps wanting to play. We're two years later now, and I don't know <laughs> that the guy still can't do it at 46 years of age. The arm strength was still there. Who's going to doubt that he can get himself physically ready to go again We'll see. I don't know where he ends up or what he wants to do. He may take the Fox broadcasting job after this is over with and just say, that's it. That's it after this one. Then again, he may go try to play one more year. But in terms of the Buccaneers wanting him back, absolutely they would want him back. Uh, For all the reasons I just gave you, plus the marketing for the 2023 season, uh, everything that comes around with it. So we'll see in the coming days and coming weeks. And that was a strange one this past off season because he said, I'm gone, I'm done in January. And 40 days later, he was back. Mm. So, so even that may not be permanent, Amy.
2: He has indicated that whatever decision he makes is going to be final. I mean, it's easy for him to say right now. I get that. Uh, And there's a lot of speculation that there are other teams that are interested in signing him because he is a free agent. Uh, He's always said, at least publicly, I've heard this over and over on his podcast with Jim Gray, he will retire when he sucks, when he can't play anymore. It doesn't appear as though he physically can't play the game anymore. It does appear as though when he's under duress and has had half a second to, to process and throw the ball that he's as average as anybody else is in that position.
4: Yeah, I think all of that's fair. And that's what caught up to him this year, that you had such a great interior of the offensive line a year ago. You had Gronkowski a year ago. You had Antonio Brown for a lot of the year to stretch the defense and help you. And with all those factors, you're able to succeed. Now you take those factors away interior. of The offensive line is new uh, you don't have Gronk. You don't have a speed receiver to compliment Evans and Godwin and stretch the defense. It, it suddenly makes things different. It makes the mindset different. I don't know. I, I don't know if we have seen the last of him or not. Um, it, it's it's amazing. It's amazing that we're still talking about that he could go play quarterback in the NFL at 46 because mm. this we, we this is not – Peyton Manning at the end that couldn't throw the ball down the field anymore, even though the Broncos won the Super Bowl, or Drew Brees at the end a couple of years ago who couldn't get the ball with zip down the field anymore, or even Brett Favre at the end couldn't couldn't get it couldn't get it done. The guy yep. can still throw the ball down the field, Amy. Yes. And now it's nine months from now to be back and ready to go, eight nine months from now for next regular season. But I would not I, from field level late in this year. I would not count him out on physically being able to try it.
2: Before we move on and talk about other changes the Buccaneers need, I'll read this quote from the end of his press conference. I love this organization. It's a great place to be. Thank you, everybody, for welcoming me. Just very grateful for the respect, and I hope I gave it back to you guys. So speaking to the media, kind of speaking to the room, (laughs) it does sound like a farewell. At the same time, maybe he's just doing a preemptive strike just in case he's never in that room again. T.J. Reeves is with us here after. CBS Sports Radio. What else needs to change in the offseason? What are the priorities?
4: Well, I think they got to fortify the offensive line. I think they realize that and understand that. Okay, so that's part of it. Uh, you need a speed receiver. That's part of it. You're going to need more pass rush help beyond Barrett. I mean, there's some things, but there's still pieces here. Evans and Godwin are a phenomenal tandem at receiver. Rashad White developed tremendously as the year went on as a running back and a receiving threat out of the backfield. You still have got a young uh, defensive players in the secondary, a, a young middle linebacker in Devin White who's as good as any in, in the NFL, sideline to sideline making tackles. You've got pieces on this team, so you've just got to enhance that. you got to do what you can to enhance that and, uh, and, and reload. And the biggest piece is does Tom Brady still want to play and does he still want to play in Tampa Bay? Food for thought for you as well uh, with Giselle now, his ex-wife oh, dear. living in Miami Yes, with the fact that they have kids together, the fact that he would want to see them on a regular basis, as he has done with joint custody throughout this football season, it, it makes you wonder if he is looking to make a change, does he still stay regional in the state of Florida, or at least where he can be around them and see them? That is a factor. That's a legit, real factor. And it may be a big factor on him staying in Tampa Bay. Stay
2: tuned. Maybe. Although if he is only playing to play for, say, one more season, maybe he can justify it by saying, I wouldn't be gone for longer than a few months. But I agree with you. I mean, he seems like a doting dad, and he's got two young kids, plus his son that he shares who lives in Boston or New York most of the time. So, yeah, you're right. That's definitely a consideration. Just out of curiosity, I know Rashad White was a really nice piece, a rookie for them this season. Is Leonard Fournette back next year?
4: That's a great question, and I love some playoff Lenny. I love Lombardi Lenny, and even Christmas Night Lenny because he was so good on Christmas Night too. Uh, He is still signed beyond this season. What will they elect to do? And uh, again, Fournette, uh, tremendous uh, over the over the first two seasons. Had some injury problems this year. White began to come into his own as a as a tandem back with him. I don't know is the answer there, but I love that guy in the locker room. I love the effort. And and we'll see. I mean, Fournette has put in a good career, not a great career, but a good career. Particularly over the back half of the career, as a pass catcher, and he ends up being a Super Bowl champion. So, I don't know what happens with playoff Lenny, but okay. uh, I, I know that uh, he made a lot of memories here. If he's not here anymore, but I think he still got some tread on the tires. I think I think Leonard Fournette can still play a couple more years at least in this league.
2: A lot of questions, but of course, Tom Brady is number one, is paramount, is top of that mountain. Uh, We've got one more topic we have to get to since you were on the sidelines up close and personal during this wild card matchup, but I'm going to save it. It's going to be a surprise. Just stick with us for a couple of minutes here. T.J. Reeves, the Buccaneers sideline reporter from their radio network, after hours with...
5: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai.
0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited
2: by state law. Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio.
1: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Maher will try again on the extra point. And this kick... Oh, he missed another one. Missed it right, same place, he missed it. Oh, how can that be, and what have we wrought? Two missed extra points, 6-13 remaining in the first half. This extra point. He missed it, he pulled it. He pulled it it to the left. Like any good golfer, you miss two shots to the right, the next one you pull into the water left. Yeah, it's in his hand now. Here's Maher for the extra point, and it's off the top of the crossbar. He went off the top of the right bar, and it caroms away. Here's Maher for the extra point. The kick's away. The kick is perfect. Maher lives again. (laughs) 10-13 left in the game, and the Cowboys lead Tampa Bay 31-6. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
2: If there was a knock on the Dallas Cowboys, it was Brett Maher. I could give you the deets. He was 50 of 53 on point after attempts during the regular season, and he's 29 of 32 on field goals during the regular season. I know as a golfer, when I aim for the water, I don't hit it. So, you know. <laughs> First Brad Sham and Babe Laufenberg on Cowboys Radio, and then Kevin Coogler on Westwood One. Here's Dak Prescott about Maher and his rough night.
3: I'm Money Mars biggest fan. Uh, obviously, I've been shown the video of me, uh, and that's just emotion. That's just that's part of it. Um, but but uh, yeah, I mean, I talked to him individually, told him, just told him after the game, hey, let that go. We're going to need it. Um, I, I just played like a week ago. So I mean, that that, that happens. Uh, but when you believe in each other and you believe in uh, what we're capable of doing and knowing what that guy's done uh, what resiliency he's shown throughout his career personally, um, no doubt that he'll come back next week and be be perfect and uh, help us win.
2: I mean, Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions in one half and then came back and threw four touchdowns in the next half. <laughs> it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. TJ Reeves, Buck Sideline reporter, is still with us. Okay, TJ, what the heck was happening in stadium as Brett Maher is missing not one, not two, not three, but four extra points.
4: Okay, so you know our legendary radio voice, the Hall of Famer (laughs) Mean Gene Deckerhoff, just concluded his 34th season tonight with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Before the first kick, young lady, he (laughs) says, Brett Maher missed an extra point last week. Would he miss another one? (laughs) And and Shank, he misses.
2: Oh, my gosh. So now
4: Gene comes in on extra point number two and says, well, Brett Maher has already missed an extra point tonight. Is he going to possibly miss another one, and he misses another one? Now we're wondering down at field level, is there something physically wrong with him? That's what I I mentioned on our broadcast. Has he done something to where he's trying to kick through it? Uh, Then we were told from the Dallas sideline, this is not an injury thing. I guess Mike McCarthy said at halftime, he's just got to get it straightened out in his own head. It's It's not that he's hurt, his groin is hurt, his ankle is hurt, or there's something precluding him. I've seen a lot of bizarre things in 25-plus years of being on the Buccaneer radio broadcast and doing national games, college football, et cetera. I've never been a part of something where a kicker misses four extra points in a game, <laughs> not, not any of them blocked or oh
2: tipped.
1: Dear. Oh, dear. He,
4: just, he looked like sometimes TJ from five feet or four feet on the golf course on can we make a
1: four-footer.
4: Amy Lawrence, he couldn't make an extra point tonight. <laughs> oh. So much so that they wouldn't kick the field goal at twenty-four to six. They go for it on fourth and five. When normally you would kick a field goal to make the game twenty-seven six, they go for it and get the touchdown to CD Lamb anyway, oh and it worked gosh. out for the Cowboys despite Maher. But that is going to be listen. That is going to be a real problem for them next week in San Francisco because clearly it's in his head now, uh, for kicks. For an extra point, <laughs> what should be makeable field goals, how is it not in his head, Amy?
2: He almost had the yips. I was thinking golf yes. terms as well. He yes. had the yips.
4: <laughs> or you remember Chuck Knoblock trying to throw to first base? Or Mackie Sasser trying to throw the ball back? I'm going baseball now on you. Like in the 80s and <laughs> 90s, he's trying to throw the ball back to the pitcher. Yes. But it gets in your head and it becomes like a psychological block. That's almost what it was on the third and fourth extra point. It
2: was crazy. Kickers are people, too. That's all I have to say. Kickers are people, too. They sometimes have really crappy days, and that was clearly the case for Brett Maher. However, Cowboys win, Buccaneers are done. I'm not sure if it's merciful or not. Uh, it, it seemed like for most of the year, it was highly inconsistent and relatively tame effort by the Bucks. We're always thrilled when we can catch up with TJ. Uh, definitely want to follow him on Twitter at Guy. Also a host of play-by-play opportunities opportunities that you hear throughout the college football season thank you for your time I know it's fresh but I appreciate it
4: hey listen I always love coming on with you I really thought we were going to do an interview a different interview after this game but anytime you need me I love being on with you after hours you made my drive home a little more palatable and enjoyable Woo! keep up the great work in 2023 look forward to catching up again whenever we can
2: only TJ would give us a Chuck Knoblock reference, although that is so fitting. Uh, I'm not sure what year it was. I forgot. I'd have to look it up. But he couldn't throw to first base from second to save his life. Not just that, but it was almost like there was a magnet that was in the, foot- or the football, the baseball that was guiding it out of the baseline and just off into outer space somewhere. Every time he would try to throw I mean, you couldn't believe what you're watching. It's like jaw-dropping. Marco, do you remember what year that was that Chuck Knobloch could not complete a throw to first base? it started
6: in 98, went into 99, and by 2000, they put him in left field.
2: I was going to say, by 2000, he was no longer at second base.
6: Well, some of it he was until they were, and then 2001, (laughs) he didn't play second base at all. I mean, it was a mess. It It was,
2: was, but you remember, um, shoot, the golfer, Dan... Oh, my gosh. Uh, David. David Duval, David Duval, oh, David yeah. Duvall? Who, I mean, I know he had back issues at some point, but he went through a major round mm-hmm. with the yips. Yeah. No matter what, he could not hit the ball straight all of a sudden. Sometimes it's mental. And he talked about yeah. it after the fact that it was all up in his head.
6: No doubt. And there's a lot of guys that will tell you that. I mean, Steve Sachs was the first one that I can remember that did that. And then to now Block and, uh, you know... They'll tell you afterwards. Like, it's not like it's a secret. It's not like, you know, they know how to throw. They know how to kick. They know right. how to play. Guys right. have been doing this their whole lives. If they if all of a sudden it's just gone, it's hard to get it back. And it's completely and totally mental. I mean, Rick Ankeel changed his entire career and became a hitter. Right. Because he right. couldn't pitch anymore. Like, he just <laughs> couldn't throw a strike. Couldn't figure
2: it out. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing. It's, it's
6: not funny. It's dangerous. Because it's when it gets mental, it's not a simple thing of, oh, just practice. It's not about that anymore. So... Uh, you know, hopefully it's just the one day and they won. He made the last kick and we don't see this anymore, but this is dangerous for the Cowboys going into another game with a kicker that you right now can't possibly have any confidence in. And he's really good. That's the part
2: that's hard to. Very, very. He was 50 of 53 on extra points this year and 29 of 32 on field goals. And that included a, a handful that were over 50 yards. And, was it three missed few extra points you said during the season? During the season, including yeah, made, one in week 18. Which is
6: was his last one. Right. So, that was five straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he made
2: one. He made one in the second half. <laughs>
6: the only hope is that that one allowed him to exhale, and then he can breathe, and then he can go through. But I'd be stunned. I know Jerry Jones, and people laughing about it, talking about it. You, there's going to be a kicker at Cowboys uh, practice this week. At least one. If not three or four. If Maher, is, if they don't feel good about it, they're going to have some guys in and they're going to take a chance because they don't know. Right now, I bet you Mike McCarthy, as much as he's looking at 49er film, he's also talking to his coaches going, who's available? What's out there? Because I don't know if they can go into a game that you would imagine would be down to the wire without a kicker.
2: I'm not sure if you saw it, but there was, and I think it was a parody account. I could totally be wrong, but there was a tweet that was circulating. Uh, RG3 actually retweeted it. Yeah. That was Jerry Jones asking for anyone who could kick to put on a jersey. And, and there was, of course, a verified blue check mark, but now everyone can have those. It's amazing the number of uh, tweets I get now from people with blue check marks. And it turns out they have two followers. So it's something you can purchase now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm assuming that it was somebody who's faking that they are Jerry Jones, because I don't think he's on Twitter. I can't imagine he's on I Twitter. I have no idea if he's his on Twitter or not. His daughter is on Twitter, um, but I, I don't think he is. I don't That'll know if he is.
6: ridiculous. Or, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we have the cut. Give me I'm, some oxygen. I don't have it right in front of me, but he they specifically asked him, are you going to have kickers in this week? He said no.
2: Right, he did. So he, I, did. he wouldn't tweet
6: that out during the game, and then after the game, no, I'm not going to – like. it didn't make sense. Like, I saw the tweet. I just assumed it was – garbage as soon as I saw it that oh, I didn't okay. think it was real Jerry gotcha. Jones. Now, is it possible? He's nuts. Is it possible? Maybe. I find it hard to believe. No, Even I don't think he, he would
2: undermine his team in the middle of a that's game. That's what I mean.
6: Even he and that's- with his flip phone is not going to necessarily tweet in the middle of the game. Like I just also, I don't really buy that.
2: There's got to be somebody out there who's monitoring that. I mean, he can I, there's no way. He loves this team probably more than he loves his family. No, no, he loves his family. He's very close to his family. But I j- there's no way he would do that. I feel like that's undermining your team. And I,
6: I find it difficult to believe okay. that that would happen. Right. So, I, again, I didn't, figure out who's behind I didn't that Twitter check it. Account. I didn't look for it because I just didn't believe it right from the start. Maybe I,
2: it's a burner that's made to look like it's a fake account, but it really is Jerry Jones. Well, if it's that a burner, I
6: mean, that that's the Kevin Durant way. And then, you, yeah, and then all bets are off. Then <laughs> it's totally different.
2: We're asking you on Twitter and Facebook, and oh my goodness, we already have 200 comments on Facebook. Do you want to see Tom Brady return? Not do you think he will because you don't know that any more than I do. Do you want to see him return? All, and it's amazing the number of marriage experts we have on our Facebook page, too, of course. That just drives me insane. I'm deleting all of those. Not one of us knows what happened in his marriage. So knock it off. How would you like it if somebody tried to tell you about all the ways you've gone wrong in a relationship? And I uh, just, I mean, knock it off. So if you want to talk about him playing football, great. Otherwise, It is kind of funny the number of people who actually want him to return so they can see him decline because they're so tired of seeing him dominate.
6: (laughs) I I hate to tell you, I I bet a lot of the people that want him back, if they're not real Brady fans, they want to see the demise, which is so funny, sad. But
2: it it is, it is sad. It's jealousy. It's sports hate, but it's it's actually jealousy.
6: You suck, Brady.
2: All right, find a poll up on Twitter, After Hours CBS. Also Mike McCarthy dancing, cause why not?
1: You are listening to the After Hours podcast. Curry, step back, three over Kuzma. By the way, he got it in! Uh, how did he hit that tip? He shot a sidearm. <laughs> kind of banged it in almost. <laughs> he took that ball down to his hip to get it off. Curry downstairs, Draymond unguarded, low left lays it in. They fell asleep and Draymond just kind of snuck behind Kispert and got the layup. Morris goes up, no good, tip, no good, loose ball.
0: Poole comes away with it. Wow. Morris contact on that play. Curry catches, open left
1: sideline, ferries a triple. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
2: It was a big night for some of the stars in the NBA. Like they're trying to steal a little bit of the NFL's thunder. Uh, I dare say the ratings uh, will not be comparable because we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. One of the most polarizing teams in all of sports against the Buccaneers featuring Tom Brady and the speculation about whether or not it's his last game. I am not asking you if you believe it was his last game in an NFL uniform. What I'm asking you is whether or not you want to see him back again. Maybe it's the lure of a broadcasting job because that gig is waiting for him when he's done. Honestly, I'm torn on this, but I'll give you my off the cuff opinion as an answer to that question uh, as we get through the second half of the show. And we want you to take our poll. It's on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or my Twitter, A Law Radio. Thank you for all of your responses. Some of you are definitely coming back with some comedy. It's like Comedy Hour on my social media, also on our Facebook page. Uh, that's right now exploding. It's imploding, actually, if you will. (laughs) So you can respond there. We're going to do a little bit of basketball here, and then we'll get back to some other football at the top of the hour because the Dolphins and the Ravens both had their exit interviews on Tuesday. Tuesday? Monday, sorry. Monday. Monday my days already it's early in the week and they're already blending together Uh, and Sean Payton back on the herd with Colin Cowherd I swear he just did an interview with Colin last week Uh, but uh, on it again talking about his coaching prospects I love how open the guy is right now. He just wants everyone to know what's going on. (laughs) But a little bit of basketball. The Warriors got a dynamic performance from one Steph Curry. 41 for Steph on the road in Washington. As the Warriors down the Wizards with a healthy 127 points, they shot 41% from beyond the arc. And that includes Steph, who was six of 15 from downtown, Jordan Poole, seven of 13 from downtown. Heck, everybody into the action. Draymond Green, two of three from beyond the arc. And he had 17 points and 10 assists, though he was definitely hearing it. From the crowd, which is funny, right? Draymond loves this stuff.
3: Uh, He just was talking from the start of the game until I shut him up. He he stopped, uh, (laughs) obviously. Um, But he had just been talking, like, the entire time. So I appreciate it, though, because I had nothing. I had nothing going. (laughs) I couldn't find it. Wasn't about to find it. And then shout out to them. There was two of them. Uh, He got me going. So I appreciate those guys. I mean, we always love to engage Draymond, no matter who puts the gas in the tank. Um, We've had some situations like that before. I remember Andre in Atlanta in one year when he made a game winner. First thing he did was point at somebody that was on the baseline by our bench. Uh, Tonight was another example of I think it was all like we've had bad interactions with fans, where fans say you know stupid stuff and go across Ooh. the line and and whatnot. There's nothing disrespectful. It was just good back and forth, but it was something that got Draymond going. And every time he had a shot, he knew who he was looking at, and <laughs> that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, uh, fans want to. and, you know, interact if you will, and uh, and bring some humor to to the game. Draymond responded, uh, as long as you know, it doesn't cross the line where anything's disrespectful or personal, and that was exactly what what it was.
2: So yes, Draymond incited, uh, and definitely you don't need to give him any extra motivation. But if he has someone to make uh, the target of his efforts, he definitely will. Still, the star of the show, Steph Curry. Glad he's healthy again, 41 points, and no one happier to see him on the court than Steve Kerr.
1: He's the modern MJ, you know. I used to see this um, playing with the Bulls. You know, half the crowd's got, you know, red 23 jerseys on, and, you know, now half the crowd's got blue and yellow 30 jerseys. It's just uh, Steph is um, – he transcends the game. He – he um, it, it, elicits uh, an emotion from people i think because he's so awe-inspiring with his play that um no matter where we go there are people who are cheering for him and can't wait to see him perform uh, because we've never seen anything like him and i think people can relate to him because he's not you know this uh, superhero um in terms of his size and strength i mean he's you know 6'3", 185. Um, there's a lot of people out there that size, but uh, none who can do it, but he can do it.
2: The highest of praise from one Steve Kerr. Tim Roy on Warriors Radio. So, yes, we had 41 for Steph. We had 51 for Jason Tatum.
1: Jason Tatum going for the 50. Tatum steps to his right. Three in the air. Got it! Wow. 51 for Jason Tatum. LaMelo Ball drives the other way and scores. We're at 130-116. to There's no question who the king of the Queen City is today.
2: (laughs) Celtics with their seventh consecutive win. This one coming in Charlotte. That's Sean Grandy on Boston Celtics radio. And actually, Tatum didn't know that he had hit the half-century mark until he learned about it from Jamal Crawford.
3: I was very aware. Um, And honestly, the thing that was going through my mind, uh, when I had 49 against the Heat earlier this season, I took a shot and we got the ball back, but it was like 50 seconds left. And I remember I just, I told him, I waved him off.
6: Uh, you know, I didn't go get the ball. And uh, Jamal Crawford texted me after the game. Oh, I got like, this wrong. He was like, man, if you're my ever fault. that close to 50, um, nobody's gonna remember, you know, time and score. You know, they just gonna record if you had 50 or not. Cause in my mind, I was like, you know, I've scored 50. Six or seven times before.
3: Uh, So when Al got that rebound and I was drilling up the court, that's what was going through my mind. You know, Jamal telling me, like, you know, if you're that close to 50, you know, go get it. So, uh, you know, when I had the ball drilling up the court, you know, I was was very aware.
2: Okay, so that's totally my fault. I completely misunderstood that. Uh, This time he knew because Jamal Crawford told him, you go get it. (laughs) So forgive me for being a completely delinquent host. But congratulations to Jason Tatum. And also LeBron with 48 points in a victory for uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. So we had a bunch of impressive performances on the hard court. And soon the NBA will take a little more of center stage. But for now, it's still all about the football. The Lakers had 140 points, by the way. How about that? And that's without Anthony Davis, 140 points. Not two, not three, not four. Oh yes, four. Four missed extra kicks for one Brett Maher. (laughs) That's what I was thinking of when I was talking about Brett earlier with uh, with TJ Reeves. Not one, not two, not two, not three, not three, (laughs) not four. Doesn't LeBron say he's a Dallas Cowboys fan too? I guess, depending upon the day of the week, he does. All right, so a little bit of basketball, even though your host sucks. Uh, on Twitter, A Law Radio, also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. We're asking you, do you want to see Tom Brady? on the NFL stage again, or do you want him to retire again? Spare me your comments about his family and about how he picked football over his family. Seriously, shut up. You don't know that you have no idea and you wouldn't like it. If somebody said that kind of crap about you. So if you could just keep your snide remarks to yourself, I'm happy to have you on our Facebook page or on our Twitter uh, and so we'll, we'll tally up those results still ahead. We've got your wildcard back with the turning points of each of the games over the course of the weekend because we are full steam ahead now to the divisional round. But straight ahead, the Ravens and the Dolphins speak eulogies. It's after hours, CBS Sports Radio.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue.